coffee lovers, how would you like to drink coffee that not only tastes delicious, but transforms lives? Allow us to introduce you to our new partners, WellGrounded. WellGrounded is an award-winning social enterprise, providing specialist coffee training and ongoing job support to people facing multiple barriers to employment. They develop individual soft skills alongside technical coffee knowledge to unlock work opportunities in the speciality coffee industry. This work supports people who have a range of complex needs, many of whom have become even more vulnerable during the COVID-19 pandemic. This year, WellGrounded has launched a delicious new Impact Coffee, roasted by Notes Coffee in London. All profits go towards their work to help those in need with meaningful employment and progress. Learn more about their work and the extra impact your coffee can have by checking out their socials at Wellgrounded HQ. And now, on to the podcast. And now, what's the score? Hello, I'm Stuart Horsfield, and this is What's the Score podcast with the back pages. Every episode, I will be talking with a guest who is in love with the beautiful game. I will ask them to recommend their three favourite football books, to select three songs from a list of 10 categories, Finally, they will be given a score draw question, drawn at random, live on air. This is 45 minutes, plus a bit of injury time, of football, books, and music. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the What's the Score podcast. Uh, My name is Stuart Horsfield, and I am delighted, absolutely delighted, um, with the guest for this episode. It's probably been about six months in the organising and arranging, but my guest is coming to us live at the time of recording from Rio. So that's taken a bit of arranging as well. And with global pandemics and everything else that's been going on in the world, it's taken a little while. However, I have now got him pinned down, ready to chat. He is the CEO of Eagle Marketing and Events. He is the CEO of the Zico All-Star Game, which is certainly something we're going to be chatting about. Uh, He is an ambassador for the Adventure of Humanity Project, which is something else we'd like to get into. He is the brilliant host of the RAP 77 web show. Again, something else that we will be chatting about as well. Former professional football. It is Junior Coimbra. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Stu. I mean, we've been been, uh, trying a long time for a long time, huh? (laughs) <laughs> it, yeah, it's taken us a while to get here, my friend. Yeah, there was, there was quite an introduction, man. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure. You know, it, it, it's not often that we do podcasts with you know people from like Europe and stuff like that. It's like my third time, just just like the, the last two years. So uh, I'm always you know I'm always happy to do that, and and you know especially because we have a little history. You know, my father, especially in England, you know how it is. I have so many stories with uh, with with British players, and think, oh my god, I, I, you know. You 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 like it, <laughs> <laughs> and that to be fair, the introduction has also been six months six months in the making as well. Um, but yeah, like I say, so much so much to get into. Such an interesting life already that you've led. But same question that with with every guest. First of all, um, how would you describe your relationship with the beautiful game? Well, um. Kind of an obvious question <laughs> because of you know, the whole thing with my father. But, uh, you know, since we were kids, we were, all, we were always we always knew, you know, we were public figures. We were, we were kind of different because of my father. And, and right now, even his grandkids know that because they 
you know, even though he's in his 60s, you know, almost seven years old, but, you know, they see grandfather all the time in, in, on the TV and, and in the street, and, and they know how people recognize him and, and take pictures. So we always understood that since we were kids. And, um, and football is, is pretty much everything. By the way, I'm so glad to be saying football right now because I'm so used to America to say soccer, soccer, soccer. <laughs> so I'm happy. I'm happy to say football. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, since we were kids, we just we knew, you know, football was, the, was, was a big part of our lives. And, and we, we started playing football when we were kid. Like, I don't even know, like two, three years old, we were already playing because that's, that's what we did. I mean, we used to go to the stadium to watch my father. You know, obviously, he started his career in 73. I was born in 77. So, you know, I started maybe going by 80, you know, 1, 82. I was in the World Cup. This one that you wrote, this beautiful book that we're going to talk about. Uh, but, you know, I was in that World Cup watching all the games. But my memories, like some little flashes, I only understood everything that happened in that World Cup like one year after that because we were watching the videos. And, I, and then I started to understand. You know, I was like five years old or six. And, um, and, you know, we went to live in Italy in 83 when he was, he was playing in Udinese. So we lived there for two years. And that's the beginning of my football memory for real, you know, not only in school in Brazil, but also in Italy and then playing. And then obviously, you know, us being three, uh, three kids, but especially me and my brother, you know, we are the oldest ones. I'm, I'm 44 right now. He was, he's 43. And, you know, we, we, we wanted to play football, just like my father. We wanted to be like him. Of course, he was our hero. Not only your hero, but especially ours. <laughs> but, you know, we we pretty, like, young or pretty early, we understood that how difficult it would be because to be recognized, not as, not as a great player, even, even to be a good player, I mean, you couldn't be with just like my father you should be like even more than Pele for you to be recognized I mean I, I don't think anybody in the world have suffered what I especially me and I thought about this during the pandemic what I suffered with the same name the exact same name as my father same position same way of you know of walking of talking like everybody would say that so I, I don't think I don't think anybody suffered what I suffered so yeah well, that's my relationship with football in a, in a <laughs> nutshell. <laughs> it, it's brilliant. I mean, like I say, it, it's everything that I, that I knew it would be. Um, I, I suppose a little bit then, living, you know, you, you talk about every, you know, everywhere you go, you know, everybody stops and talks and wants to take pictures and, and that sort of thing. I, and I guess that's, I suppose if, you, if you've grown up with it, as you have, then it, it's something that, that sort of happens over time, I suppose. You've never known anything different as, as you've grown up with it. But when you went to, when you went to Italy, um, how the, the, the culture shock between Brazil and Italy is one thing, but also, I suppose, their relationship with football and professional footballers, you know, was, was it any different for you or was it still exactly the same? Or were you afforded a little bit more freedom, less pressure, if that makes sense? Um. That's an interesting question. I mean, 83, my father was already 30 years old. So it's a, it's a big difference, you know. You know, Paul Breitner, Paul Breitner came here to Brazil once and he said uh, an interesting thing. He said, you know, Brazilians, when they came to Europe in their 30s, you know, they're already family men. So we wouldn't have to deal with a lot of the, uh, 
troubles that you know crazy Brazilians go and they, wanna, and they started bringing you know players afterwards you know a little younger like you know uh, Romario, Bebeto, Ronaldo all those kind of players but they were you know they were in their mid-20s so they would go like you know wanted to go back to Brazil to carnival you know been with the discipline stuff like that so they, they that's why right now they come here and they bring them to Europe when they're 13 years old, like 14 years old. They're way too young. They're, they're, they're not, they don't have a personality yet. So at that time, my father was already an experienced player, you know, even though we traveled a lot when we were kids to, to cold weather and stuff, but, you know, we weren't used to that. We, this was, this is North Italy. Udine is like, you know, a lot of snow. You know, I remember, yeah, the, the Udinese training center, they had the snow mountains right behind it. So, you know, it, it was crazy. It was the first time we lived in a place, you know, where we, we used to do, you know, the snow, um, you know, the, how, how do you say the snow little man, like, you know, the, the, with, the snowman, yeah, 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 the snowman in, in our, in our backyard and stuff like that. So it was, it was really cool, man. It was one of the greatest, you know, experiences of my life, of our lives, you know, and, and you know how the Italian people, they're not like, um, like, like Brazilian people at first. You know, especially in that region of Trieste, you know, Venezia, Udine, they're pretty cold and, and they treat you. But once they love it and they know how how humble you are, how simple you're like when you when you become friends, they treat you like they're their family. Like they want they want you to go to their house and give you cake and, and stay there and, and they do everything for you. Like I remember I went to Udine in two thousand. This was like what, seventeen years after now, yeah, 15 years after we, we left Italy. And I remember the guy in the newsstand. He was an old guy. He saw me, and I was already, you know, young, big. And I was with Causio, you know, Franco Causio from Italy. Yeah. And he yeah. recognized me and said, oh, my God, you're so big. You remember me? But So every everybody in the city treated us like family. So this was a pretty cool thing, and he made us comfortable there. And our experience in, in, in school is something I would never forget. I mean, I, I still speak. Italian to this day, you know, uh, I was probably the one who, 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 who spoke, you know, the most besides my father, obviously, and we still have a lot of friends in Italy. So it was, it was a really cool experience. Really, cool. it's, it's incredible. Um, your your English is outstanding. Your English is outstanding. Let alone Portuguese and Italian and everything else that goes. I'm, I'm, I'm not even cursing here, man. If I, if I start <laughs> talking like my hip hop, you know, I, 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 it's it's not so cool. <laughs> that's okay we'll do an after hours edit don't worry yeah, about that. I, had, I had to get better I, I had to get to clean up a little bit my my, my thing you, know? um, <laughs> you make an interesting or you made an interesting point as well about um before before we came on air um about being a former pro footballer and then and then you talked about yourself playing in the same position um i i, I mean i i can't imagine what it's like being in and around the pro football environment at any level, which is why I do this podcast and why I find people to chat to because I, I just love listening to the stories. But right. you've I, I, what I can't comprehend is is living in in the world of professional football as a young child, but then trying to make your way individually as a as a pro footballer as well. What what was it like trying to forge your own path as a as a professional footballer? Yeah, well, not too easy. <laughs> this was, <laughs> you know, that was um, that was one of the things. I mean, the, the the whole pandemic this last two years have been a nightmare. But you know, there there's some interesting stuff. 
about the pandemic. It made us think a lot, you know, staying at home and and reminiscing about a lot of stuff. And and when I was doing some of the uh, lives that I was invited as a guest, um, you know, I've been thinking about it. it and obviously, Zico is a nickname, right? It was a nickname given uh, to him by by his uh, cousin or something, you know, a girl or his own. I don't know. I don't remember quite well, but but it, his name is Arthur, you know, Artur Antunes Coimbra, which is which is my name here in Brazil. We call it like either filio, like son, or junior at the end. So I was, you know, I'm junior. So I had the same name. And I remember like Pele's son was a goalkeeper. So, and, and still he had pressure a lot. A lot of people would talk about him because not the son of Pele, <laughs> yeah. you should be a great goalkeeper. And I, and I started to, why, why did I mention the, uh, the, the, the pandemic? Because I started to think about my whole life, you know, 44 years old. And if I remember, like, the period that I was playing football, that I was trying my best to, you know, make it out of the, the, the shadows of my father and stuff, it was probably not the happiest, not even close. It, it's, it's the only time that I don't have a lot of great memories. So you could say it's like the, the worst part of my life because it was, I was never treated the same way as anybody, nowhere. Like I'm not, I'm not even talking about football right now. I even talk about school because uh, I run into people and they say, you know, remember me? We stood it together and everything. And I said, no, I'm sorry, I don't. But everybody remembers me because he's the yeah, son of Zico. Oh. The whole, the whole school knew him, knew me, and also in Italy and, and and even in Japan. So, you know, in football, some of the coaches they either treated you better than the others because you're son of Zico, but most of them would treat would treat you actually worse because they had to prove a point. They wanted to prove that with me, I'm not going to treat Zico's son, you know, just because of Zico's son. And I didn't want that. Yeah, call cool. at, at any point. No, I, I just wanted to be being treated fairly, like the same yeah. way. But, you know, I, I, I always tell those stories about me coming to a, like a friend's house or a pickup game, and they wouldn't tell the other kids who I was. And when I started playing, people go like, come on, this guy's too good. Well, who is he? And then when they mentioned his Zico son, five minutes later, I wasn't that good anymore. And the same kid would come to my friend and say, this friend of yours, he sucks. How, what do you mean he sucks? You, you told me he was better than everybody. Oh, but I didn't know who, who he was. So I'm, he was like, really? So yeah, well, so because the, the comparison is always there. I mean, it, it's, it's something that, I, I can't even begin to explain to you how hard it was. Even even when I was like um, hired by another team, and I would go like to play in Japan or to play in Guarani uh, here in Brazil, and all the reporters, all the press was there, and they were covering like my introduction and my my first training, and everybody was like they were laying down on the field trying to get pictures, and and some of the other players were annoyed, of course, because it was like. You know, even when I was playing in the under 20s, and I remember we would go play in other cities, and the mayor would come because before the game they had to like do a tribute to my father, and they wanted me in the center, in the center of the field, and and you know I'm like it's not even me, man, it's my dad, it's not me. So it, it was um yeah, I was being cover of newspapers, cover of mag. I mean, it's it's crazy. And, I, I was going to say I, I can't obviously I can't even begin. I can't begin to imagine that, like you said there, the, just the pressure and the assumptions and so, that people make and, and the judgments they make on you. And, and still, by the way, I never had any doubts about my quality, you know, my 
my techniques, my front, everyone. You can still, I'm still 44 because I still play pickup games. And if you come there, you go there. I don't understand how this guy didn't become a, a great, but I was like, to become a great player, it's not about being good or bad. I mean, it, this is like just a small part of the equation. Um, it's, it's so many, like I know so many kids, so many uh, guys that didn't become a, 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 a professional soccer player, even a professional football player, actually, and not even close to that. Or they, they were football players in the beginning, but then they had to quit because of, and they were way better than a lot of most of the players there. But, well, that's life. That, that's a lot of. That is, that is, that is exactly yeah. it. That is life. Yeah. Um, okay. So we'll come to your first book recommendation. And I know I'm about to butcher the title. And I'm really sorry. But people who are listening, uh, book one. I mean, we, By we way, explained. Book... 40 minutes. We can be an hour, an hour and a half. Oh, okay. Don't worry. That's Don't good because we're already five minutes. I've, I've, got a little, <laughs> I've got a little schedule and we're already five Don't minutes. Worry. I talk a lot. I host a TV show, man. What the hell? Oh, perfect absolutely <laughs> perfect um so the first book um is called uh by your father it's zico contrastua historia i apologize for the pronunciation i am nowhere near as fluent zico historia. <laughs> there that's, we go that zico tells his story you know what actually i almost changed the uh the the my uh, my choice because recently I don't know if you okay when you follow me on Twitter and, and uh, I don't know if Instagram but yeah. you know we just had the release of a new book um, by three different uh, writers one of them died unfortunately in pandemic but they they had they just released a book I was going to show you the book here on video I'll show you yeah. later but the book is amazing it's huge it's beautiful and it it tells the story about each goal of my my father like eight hundred goals. The story about each, you know. I'll try wow. to send you one. Send you one copy is huge, it's like four hundred. That's, that's unbelievable. But you had to like understand Portuguese a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so that, as we established with the title, it's not great. <laughs> but 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 anyway, the the Zico conta sua story book is um, Zico tells his story. It's uh, it, it's a different thing because it, it's him personally telling, you know, people the stories about about his life and about his career and about some of the times. I mean, obviously being his son, we we know most of the stories, but sometimes it's 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 interesting when you read it, like the way he's he's telling some of the stories that we don't even we didn't even know about. And it was quite interesting. It's a quite interesting book. So it's it's um it's it's amazing. It's like the, there are three books, right? There's one that I told you about that someone wrote before um, in 85, yeah. but, but this one probably is, is more, um, you know, is more telling because it's him personally, you know, sharing his, uh, his story. So. And I was, I was going to ask that actually, did, did you, um, did you learn things about your, about your dad or did you, did you learn things maybe from a different perspective is probably a better way of describing, it. you know, you, like you say, growing up with it, you probably lived a lot of those stories, but then when you read it from your dad's perspective, did you think, oh, that's not how I thought it would be, or that's not how I thought he experienced it. Yeah, uh, I mean, and that's and that's the real reason why people idolize him so much. It's not about only the the football player, you know, the athlete. It's about the person. It's about how he sees things, you know, his his point of view, how he treats people. That's that's the thing that I uh, that I learned the most about my father. 
even though he didn't need to tell us that, but in his actions, and and I always try to emulate what what he was what he was doing because it's um you know it's so it's so rare it should be a rule but it's an exception for for some reason you know when you see a player that treats everybody well that it's so like uh, approachable like he's he's so humble and so um you know he the way he sees things the, the what he had to go through to become a professional i remember he he was not really really poor but he wasn't like you know he didn't have the, a great condition you know and, and and he had to study at the same time because his parents were, were tough on him about good studying and about having an education so he had to fight out he was really skinny you know he was he was not a strong uh uh, uh he didn't have a, a strong body so he had to work a lot and he would work the whole day and to go to practice he would have to catch like two trains and bus and everything else so it was a it was a struggle and uh, obviously it was hard for him to understand that us as kids we didn't have to go through this just because he did and he made sure you know his kids wouldn't go through that but it, then it, then it becomes a different mentality so you know it's it's good to listen to to read what he's what he's what he's saying and what and how he saw things you know in his perspective like you said and you know, it it just it just gave me another you know another reason to yeah, of uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's just fantastic. I mean, he was he's amazing, and not not just because he's my father. I mean, if if he was someone else, and I would read something like this and understand how his life is. I mean, he's the that's why he is who he is. I mean, he's he's just great. Love that. It, it's uh, I mean, c- clearly the bond uh, b- you know between the two of you is you know goes goes way you know goes almost way beyond just father son you know there is that that almost that hero worship for yeah. multiple reasons not just because he's your dad not just because of the type of person he is but you know everything that comes that comes with that um what i'm going to do is because i having the way you've just described your your dad um, i'm going to come to your um your first song choice as well and you went with um your favorite movie score or theme tune and based on the fact that it comes from rocky <laughs> um, and, and you've picked um, "Gonna Fly" now. Uh, it, it's a great piece of music that, whenever you or most people, I imagine, whenever they hear it, cannot help but feel motivated to go and do something. Yeah. Um, but for you, why why have you picked this as your favorite piece of music from a film? You know that you know how the, the funny story about this. The the ironic thing is, it reminds me a little bit of my father. Actually, that's yeah. that's the crazy thing. And and. Even though, you know, my favorite movie, I always say, is Back to the Future. You know, Back to the Future, the trial. Oh, look, it, Marty it, McFly, look oh Back my to God. the Future. No, yeah. by, by the way, I had the pleasure of, of interviewing um, Marty McFly's girlfriend at the movie, Jennifer. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, Claudia Wells. So she, I interviewed yeah. her for my for my show, and it was amazing. It was the first time I actually became, like, a little nervous, you know, doing <laughs> that. <show. laughs> that's how I feel now that's, you say that. That's how it is. That, that's hilarious. You know, you're, you're with the great, great uh, celebrities, and all of a sudden I'm nervous because of, you know, an actress of Back to the Future. But but anyway, but Rocky was like, you know, he, he became, I think he's the only character in the movie he became an idol, especially for people who love sports. And he's not even real. Like I went to Philadelphia like three years ago, 
and I went to the Rocky statue with my wife, yep. and, I, and then she was like, "Why are you so like happy and emotional?" I'm like, "You don't understand." I was I was going climbing the steps, oh, you know, and, and doing the celebration. I'm like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. I look like a kid, but that song, I think, is the probably the only movie that you cry without even trying, like, especially when he has to go through all of that, and like in Rocky Four, the revenge on his uh, on his friend Apollo. Uh, the the whole thing with Mick and every time that song would play, you know, it makes it still. I think I watched Rocky like a million times, and I still get emotional when I when he's like Adrian. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's amazing, man. Rocky's dopest. Oh my god, I love Rocky. <laughs> I, I once I have I have a dream of of interviewing Sylvester Stallone. I always thought Rocky, especially Sylvester Stallone, but. A, you know, you, it, it's hard to, <laughs> to differentiate. Yeah, separate them out. It yeah. is. Yeah. Even though he did Rambo and everything, but Rocky, I always think about my father when I think about Rocky, you know, um, even though it's a different sport, but the struggle, the the hard worker, you know, guy and, and yeah. humble and everything. And, you know, he was short too. I mean, it's, 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 um, it's funny, man. You know, I, I have the dream, a dream of uh, interviewing Sylvester Stallone, and I don't know if I'm going to call him Rocky like when I do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, some, some people just do become their characters. You're right. He, he is exactly. It's like Michael J. Fox will always be Marty oh, McFly. And, and he's been in all sorts, Teen Wolf and all sorts. Doc. He will always be Marty McFly. But Christopher that's Lloyd is Doc. Doc. Da yeah, hey, always. Doc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doc Brown. Yeah, always. Um, okay, that song so is we'll, amazing. We'll, I mean, I, I thought when you, when you said uh, movie, um, score or or some you know how i mean i i am with 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 hip-hop and everything but and i love soundtracks i have so i have hundreds yeah. of uh hip-hop soundtracks but when i think about score even though i love the music and back to the future but that one it's uh it's an easy choice i mean rocky gonna fly now is number one to me okay let's let's motivate a few people then shall we with um gonna fly now Um, it is. It, it's a great piece of music. It is, and hopefully, people are now running upstairs <laughs> in their house or wherever, wherever the nearest set of stairs are. Yeah. Um, you want? You want to go training right away? You want to go training? That's it. Yeah. Just while the song lasts, it lasts for about <laughs> for about a minute and a half, and then it tends to wear that's, off. That's 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 the same thing with the the Avengers right now. I mean, the Avengers that the song is is amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. I, yeah, actually, I don't know if you saw on Twitter. There's a clip of my father that has like a million views. It's the Rocky theme in the video. So I made a part two, and I put the uh, the Avengers uh, theme. Love that. Which is unbelievable. I, I, I'll show you. Love that. Yeah. Um, brilliant. Um, I, I do want to come So the next thing, because obviously, like I say, your, your position within, I don't want to say Brazilian society, it sounds really grand, but obviously with, with the family that you, you know, that you are and the family that you belong to, um, and I want to talk to you about the, the role that you have as the um, ambassador for the adventure of humanity. I guess 
you know, with with who you are, with your family, the the ability to do good um, in the world is is really important, and and making use of that. You know, you've talked about some of the setbacks as a child and being judged, but I would also, rightly or wrongly, like to think, but it it also allows you to make a difference, I suppose, and that, and this is something that you've chosen to do. That's a that's a really nice point. Um, my my dad, you know, when we were kids. Uh, you know, the calendar in Brazil, the football calendar goes until December, right? It's different, you know. Uh, so it ends in December. So what, what football players do in their vacation, what do they do? They go play football again. <laughs> and, and you know, <laughs> their time off. So my father would go to those um, those charity games, you know, they, they, they used to do here in Rio. And they would benefit a lot of a lot of charity institutions, you know. And my father wouldn't, you know, would never charge for, for this. You know, he would always go to those... And, and sometimes, you know, bad places, and he would go there and, and, and show up just to help, you know, like to raise food, to raise money, whatever it was. And I always saw that. And I remember there's a, there's, it's a, it's a nice thing that I always learned about, you know, it, especially in that book release uh, a couple of weeks ago, when, when you have a thousand people waiting for him to, to sign autographs and take pictures, he would never say no. He would stay there for four hours. And us as a family, my 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 mom would be like, "We gotta go." And said, "How how would you think? How would you feel if you had come from a very far place to see your idol, and you would stay here, and I would just leave, and he, your idol would just leave?" So you know, he he always wanted to, you know, uh, to to please those people, you know, to everybody who was there in the line, line and everything. So, you know, he, he always had this kindness, you know, to help people. And, and I organized the All-Star, I created the All-Star game, the Zeke All-Star game in 2004. And it's a charity game. We've been doing it for 18 years. It's the biggest end of the year um, event, you know, football event in Brazil. One of the biggest in the world. We bring artists to, to sing before the game and everything. Uh, it's always 60,000 people in the stadium. And we help a lot of charity uh, institutions you know we, we've, we've been helping a lot of causes during uh the the, the this last um, 18 years so it's a pretty cool thing and the adventure of humanity thing i don't know if you're familiar with it um it was the project that michael jackson and nelson mandela started in 1999 and once they um when when both of them died you know the project was a little you know uh paralyzed and then a big friend of mine richard Nielsen, you know he's from sweden he lives in france he restarted the, the 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 project with the help of the of the Jackson family and the Nelson Mandela Foundation, you know, with their blessings and everything. So we started doing events, especially in Cannes and, and France. And then we were able to do a partnership. And you know, I met him in Las Vegas when it was in uh, Joe Jackson's uh, birthday party, the year before he died. You know, so I was able to meet him. And then we had a we had a meeting there with Richard. And then. He came to Brazil. He named me the the, uh, the ambassador of the of the project, and we brought in our first year Jermaine Jackson, Michael Jackson's brother from Jackson Five. He sang at the at the event. He was in my show. Then I met his uh, uh, his sister Latoya Jackson too, and then you know we had this um, you know that captain uh, the the thing that they use in the arm the uh, captain's armband yeah the, the armband and and yeah. we brought a lot of white armbands that Michael Jackson used to uh, wear for peace and all the players in the game including Neymar everybody used the the white uh, armband 
So it was pretty cool. And we've been, uh, we've been always talking about doing things together. Unfortunately, I mean, we started, what, 2017, 18, and then the pandemic hit in 2020, right? Yeah. yeah, so, you know, hopefully this year, the next year, we start doing more things together, you know, uh, about the foundation. But, you know, we're always trying to help the cause, man. I mean, every, every chance we get, and, and we've been doing it for 18 years, and we're still going to keep doing it. Actually, speaking of books, if you're looking for a unique gift, you know, because it's Father's Day or Granddad's Day, your best mate's day, somebody's birthday, or even just Wednesday. The Backpages Football Book Hamper is a unique gift, overflowing with football nostalgia from the decade of your choice. Your hamper has been carefully crafted and each item has been designed and selected with you in mind. From the original commentary artwork to well-grounded speciality roasted coffee and books that will tell the story of the decade. We really hope that the minute you open your hamper, you will be transported back to a time when life seemed simple and football was all that mattered. Please visit our website at www.the-backpages.co.uk or head to our Twitter site where the link is in our bio. I'll, we'll come to your we'll come to your second book and it, when it came through and I was like and you mentioned and you went you'll you'll know who he is and I was like yeah yeah I, I kind of know who he is I don't know him like you do but yeah I know who he is um again I'm about to butcher the language and I am really sorry but this is your your second book choice um I won't say I'll have a go at it first before you correct me because I, I should have a go at it um Metodo sensorial no football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wrong, isn't it? yeah, yeah. Metodo sensorial no football. That's that's how you call yeah, it. Yeah. I think that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's no accent, but I think um, oh, you got to learn some Portuguese, some 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 Brazilian Portuguese. You know, just you, like I speak English as American, I I, I can speak you know the party yeah, yeah. and the toy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but um, the Brazilian Portuguese is way different. Well, about this book, the the guy who wrote it, obviously, it's my father's brother, Edu Coimbra. He was, there's a lot of people who who actually tell the story and they say, you know, his brother was better than Zico. You know, Edu was better than, he's my, my, (laughs) no, man, no kid. My uncle was a genius, like as a player, he was the, there's a team in, in Rio called America, right? It's like the fifth team of Rio, and and right now they're not doing good, but they used to be a big team in Rio too. And my my uncle was the biggest football player in, in the America's history. So um, in Maracanã Stadium, when you go there, there's like the, the 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 statue of my father and everything. But in the in the in the in the hall, there's this um, there's like the foot when they put like a like a Hall of Fame thing, and they have the jersey of the five big teams of Rio. And my father and my uncle are the biggest player in the history of two clubs out of five in Rio, of the five main ones. So, and, and my uncle was supposed to go to the 1970 World Cup. And remember when you have the dictatorship here in Brazil and everything. So one of my uncles who were, was a player too got arrested. It was not, not arrested. He was, you know, he had to go through the, uh, you know, the, the, the thing. I don't even, I, I forget the name. When they, you know, they treat you really bad, you know, 
like in the dictatorship and stuff like that. Well, anyway, um, but this is one of the reasons my uncle probably didn't get uh, to go to the to go to the World Cup in 1970. He was supposed to. He was like the biggest player in Brazil in 1969. So, and he became a really successful coach in Brazil. Started winning a lot of titles, a lot of championships. And when when you tell the story in the book, when Pele left after the World Cup 82, they tried so many options, and one of them was my uncle. He became the head coach for three games. And even my father tells the story about how he thinks that maybe the mistake there was giving chances to some of the players that were were already older, and he insisted on on you know giving them a chance like Leandro Jr. All those great players, but they were already you know by eighty four, eighty five. I don't know. But my 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 uncle, it's an interesting thing. He always has this um, this whole vision about football, which is different. And you know how we call, I don't know how you call it in English, per- peripheral vision. Um, like when you're per- peripheral, peripheral vision. Peripheral yeah. vision. Yeah, it, it's yeah. actually a, a, a really easy exercise when you put your hands, you know, forward and you start, yeah. start spreading them, you know. Yeah. And, and, and then you have to see how, how far your eyes go, you know, uh, seeing your hands. So in football, that is something really important. How players feel when... Uh, Another guy comes to mark them behind them. How do they? How do they feel sometimes? The smell, how they feel, the step, like the the sound. You know, only great. Most of the great players they have that. And, and my father, I don't remember if he said that in his book, the the other book that I mentioned. But he always says that in Maracana, he was so used to playing Maracana, he knew where some of the reporters were, and some of the uh, of the the signs. You know, the the uh, sponsorship signs were there. And he knew where to put the ball based on a reporter or something, because he so so the sense of 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 being in the right place or in the wrong place, you know. When you, it's a really interesting thing that my uncle mentions there, and I don't see a lot of people talking about it. How important it is to a player to have the sense of, you know, um, to, to feel when the ball is coming, when someone is coming behind them, how how fast he has to. Sometimes it's it's a lot of instincts. Yeah, yeah. It's instincts all the time in football. You know that, especially now, how how crazy the game is so fast, yeah, yeah. so athletic. But that is a, that is a, a study that people don't mention a lot, and it's really important in football because a lot of players suffer because they don't have that same, you know, instinct or 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 way of improvise. You know, that's when my father was the head coach of the Japanese. He would tell the guys, you know, you you don't know how to improvise, and that. That is bad because sometimes you have to improvise. You have to. That's why Brazilians are so, you know, yeah, they yeah. they learn a way. But when they go there, you know, when they see them in the corner or something, they just they do something yeah. different that they used to do when they were kids. So that that is a really interesting book. If you you know, I, you had to translate that book in English. It would be really cool for. A I, lot of I, I like I said, I I love reading about what I call philosophers. In football, I think they're fascinating. Some people's beliefs, some people's thinking, whether it's right back to sort of the 1930s in in Budapest and Austria and Hungary, and you know, even right. those you know people who who look at football and see it just differently to 99 percent of the population. Um, I, I love reading those. So sorts to of do things. to do what what the what the um, 82 team did, to do what the 74 uh, Netherlands uh, team did. Yeah. To do what Barcelona did, it's not only quality of players. You have to be the IQ and and in, in a way of 
moving without the ball and and seeing how you move and where like and 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 my uncle used used this in the book in a really simple language, which is really easy for people to identify. Um, and and I think it should be more, um, you know, maybe promoted in the right, in the better way because it's um it's a it's a pretty cool book, and and for for people who are used to do that, you know, you recognize right away. Yeah. But, yeah. So yeah, so, so you understand how why Zico he was so he was so capable of doing a move which in a, in a small space and stuff like that not only because of futsal but but also because the instincts and the and the sensor sensory the how you call sensory method i don't know <laughs> yeah i love that ah i love that um there, there's my incentive to learn um brazilian portuguese right there there you go um we'll, we'll come we'll come to your second song it's a guy that you've already mentioned um in passing and again great song and there was lots to choose from um, by this artist, but the one that you can't help but dance to, and you've gone with Rock With You by Michael Jackson. Come on. <laughs> no, listen, I would go to, I, I go to my hip hop places, and we don't dance a lot, right? We just bop our heads. But once Michael Jackson comes in the picture, you got to move, man. You got to move. Come on. And I, you know, I, even though I was born in 77, I remember by 83, 84, you know, Michael Jackson was thriller and everything was going on and i remember in italy we used to watch all those clips but that song rock with you it's from his uh his first album um it was i think it was released in 79 if i'm not mistaken we got to check google there <laughs> but that song is just a hey no, sorry yeah that's okay. okay we can check it we can check it on google don't worry yeah yeah but but that but that um that song when they used to to play this in the club, you know, and we were kids, you know, those uh, matinees, how do you say, when, when kids get yeah, older, yeah, play, yeah, matinees, yeah, uh, rock with you, man, oh, that song is just, it's amazing, it is amazing, Michael Jackson is amazing, Michael Jackson is, for me, is the, is the most famous person in the history of mankind, do you agree? It uh, is. I think, I, yeah, I think at the time, at the time leading up to his death, he was probably one of the most famous men on the planet. He, he's 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 the most famous person in in the history of mankind. I don't I don't even know if any pope would be more famous than Michael Jackson. For real, I mean, there's <laughs> off the wall. The, the name of the album is Off the Wall. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Off the Wall. Yeah, Off the Wall is amazing. I said 1979 and Rock with You. Oh, you can't help but dance to. You can't help. Okay. Well, uh, I'll tell you what, then we'll, we'll, we'll play a bit of uh, rock with you and, and feel free. Feel, Let's do the feel test. free to dance Let's do the away. test. Let's do the test. Yeah, yeah there we go. Here we go. Uh, Michael Jackson, rock with you. It's a cool dance, I, I right? It's it a is, cool it dance. Cool. And, and like, <laughs> I, I, I love the, I knew that talking to you, what, when we'd started chatting sort of online, you know, and you talked about, we talked about all sorts, and certainly your love of, of hip hop has, has always come through. But 
I've got to say, the, the love of the love of music and the stuff that you've sent through is is brilliant, and it's so different, so different to everything we've had on the podcast. Really? Um, so far, oh, yeah, yeah. It, you're good right now. There's been a lot of. This is going to sound awful. There's been a, there's been a lot of the Beatles. That they're always on there. They're they're usually represented at some point. By the way, by the way, I love the Beatles. I love the Beatles. That's the that's the greatest group ever. And you know, I've just I just watched the documentary on Netflix. The whole thing. Yeah, it's I, great, isn't it? Six seven hours. I don't know. I watched the whole thing. You know, I just love the Beatles, man. I love the Beatles. But um, yeah, I, I love that you brought something a, a little bit more soulful um to the to the <laughs> podcast. I've got to say, and and talking of that, you obviously the, the the web show that you have. Um, and we were chatting again before we came on, and, and some of the guests that you've had on there, we were, you know, we were chatting about Mike Tyson, and you know, and you've chatted about um, Jennifer from Back to the Future, and, and, and all these, all these greats that you've had on there. Um, how, either, how did that come about, or <clears throat> is it something you always wanted to do, or was it just something that you just kind of fell into? No, I fell, I fell into because I was I w- I always wanted to be an athlete, of course, you know, my love of football and basketball especially. I love basketball. I wasn't that tall <laughs> to to be a <laughs> basketball player, but um but since I was a kid because not only because of my voice, because how, you know, I'm always talking to people and I know how to express myself, you know, uh well, everyone would tell me since I was a kid, you should have a team show you should go on tv you should be this you should be a comedian you should be an actor whatever and i'm like no hell no i don't i don't i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to be on tv but then you know after i retired and i started doing events started organizing events like i like i mentioned to you the all-star game for 18 years but like five or six years ago i started watching this um it was a podcast but it was on video on espn in the united states and i and i saw that and I was like, this is something, because I always I would be invited to go to shows, TV shows, like to do comments on football comments or even basketball comments. I was I was called once. And and every time I would go to those places, people I would leave and all the TV guys would go, This was brilliant, man. I mean, you should <laughs> you should be on TV doing commentary. And I was, I'm like, I never <laughs> thought so when I saw that format, that format, that it was a host, but it wasn't like the uh, the convention, like the guy who goes you know, hello, good night, people, you know, the guy who's kind of, <laughs> it was like just a cool thing, like like a podcast, like you say, you know, like like we would just go, hey, we started this thing. And so this was like the format that I found and it was pretty cool. And in the beginning, people would tell me, like, why don't you have to do like a like a niche, right? Like a like a lane. You have to talk if you're gonna do something to do just sports, like you're doing yeah. with mostly football music. But I saw the potential, I was like, I know everybody and and Thank God I know about a lot of stuff and I'm easy to learn. So when I started, I started hitting like everyone and people would go like, are you insane? Like you're just talking to a football player and then all of a sudden you were the singer and then you have a a skate guy or or a fighter and then uh, a painter, you know, you're not going to have a a loyal fan base because it's hard. But once you hit that, that Jimmy Fallon thing, you know, the, the, when when people start watching because of you first, it yeah. doesn't matter who the guest is. That's what I that's why I tried to the way I approached it. You know, I'm like, well, at the the, at the best, people are gonna see me doing everything, and people are gonna go, wow. I mean, there's no one to, that, that can do that. So I started 
with my contacts, I knew I had a lot of relationship, but, but it's one thing for you to know people and to have the credibility to, to actually have people in your, in your podcast. So, you know, once you start getting people like Paolo Rossi, remember Paolo Rossi, you know, rest in Sadly, peace. Sadly, yes, I remember Rest Paolo. in peace, Paolo Rossi. He was so cool. He came to Brazil. We did a, an epic show, me and him and my father. Come on. That's crazy. And once you have, <laughs> once you go to Mike Tyson, I mean, you're gone. I mean, come on. I've had Mike Tyson. I've had Ice-T, you know, the rapper actor. I had Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno was the Hulk, you know. The the, Hulk. Yeah, yeah, the Hulk. Yeah, when I was a child, he was the Hulk. Come on, man. I mean, and like the Back to the Future one and Anderson Silva, you know, the, the UFC fighter, the big the legend from Brazil. A lot of artists from Brazil, so many famous artists in Brazil because it's mostly Brazilians, right? But, you know, I had Steve Nash. You know, I did it in L.A. in his house. Steve Nash was like two-time MVP of the NBA. Um, I had so many. I forget sometimes. You know, Jermaine Jackson, like I said, um, Iggy Azalea, so many so many different actors and actresses and singers and, and from all over the place. So, you know, it's really cool, man. It's something that, you know, made me happy, made me excited to do it. And I'm always happy, you know, doing it. And um, it's, just, it's just fantastic. I mean, it, it's crazy how that, that turned into, like, you know. It, it is. It's like a phenomenon. It is. It's just like a phenomenon. Like you say, it's, it, which is why I was interested in how, how that came about. But I guess growing organically you can't force <clears throat> sorry you can't force that sort of thing and and, and that you know oh, sorry okay. that you just told there makes yeah. yeah makes absolute perfect sense um okay we're, we're gonna have to come to your third book choice which let's go I, yeah okay I'm, I'm sorry people are not watching on video but look at this look here you <laughs> that's even worse um don't cry but this is like Oh my God! Okay, you you say the book. You say the name of the book. Okay, so it's uh, it's nineteen eighty two Brazil, the glorious <laughs> by Who's just this writer? guy, just just this guy, this guy wrote it. Yeah, this guy. And to be fair, you you talk about reminiscing in lockdown, and that that was my lockdown project. It was if ever I was going to do it, I was like, lockdown's the perfect time, and it, it I just went back to being ten, and and I just for that for the whole. Of the first lockdown, that first summer, it, it was just like being 10 again, apart from I couldn't go out. Other than that, I just spent my time in, in 1982. Now, yeah, that's your book. That's let, me, let, me begin, let me begin again by congratulating you. I mean, this is, a, this is an incredible piece of work. I mean, just for the fact that it is one thing to have a Brazilian writer or somebody like that, you know, writing something about the 82 World Cup, which is... You know, it would be a little bit more normal, even though a lot of people here, you know, they have their, you know, how Brazilians are. And, and when you don't win a, a title, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people have to blame somebody and stuff like that. But most of the most of the people in Brazil, you know, especially the old writers, they all they, they all love the 82 World Cup and they have incredible memories. But to to read to read that in a, in your words, I mean, in a guy from from England, from a, Correct me if I'm wrong. It's a small city in England, right? Yeah, it, yeah, small, small seaside small town, town. Yeah, and um, and to hear the, the the your perspective, your perspective of how you would come to from school and and running to get to the TV, and your mom didn't have no clue about <laughs> about football, <laughs> and you were all excited. Yeah. Brazil won. You say, okay, honey, okay, got yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
it's so it's so amazing man, that that the way you you approached it the way you were so careful of of getting all the information and talking to other you know writers and journalists and and, and even uh, referees and that referee i'm not too happy about him because gentilly grabbed my father's jersey and so i hate him for that and uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he was not fair but um it's really cool man i love this book and it's not because of you i i you know, I don't read a lot of football books. Like I told you, I don't read a yeah, lot yeah. of football books because, you know, it doesn't matter to me if it's football. It's just what is the book about and, and you know, and how this turns into a, into a nice reading, smooth reading for me. So that one I enjoyed so much. You know how you want to go back to the book to read the next <laughs> one? And, and I, was, I was explaining to my father about the book because the way you did it was you went back to like 1970 and go to, to 74, 78 and everything else to explain everything. So this was, this was pretty cool. And I congratulate you. It's a beautiful piece of work. And I wish you translate this, this thing to Portuguese, man. A lot of Brazilian kids would love this, uh, would love this book in your, your words, like in your perspective from an English guy. I um, I might I might clip that bit out and and send it to my publishers <laughs> and just be like please can we do this? Believe me, you have to do it. I'm not even kidding. I'm not, I, I, listen, do it, do it. We're going to promote it the right way. Here. <laughs> and my Thank father's going to be there, okay? And my father's going to be there. Maybe Junior, maybe Leandro. What are you waiting uh, for? What the oh, hell are you waiting, waiting for? Come on. Um, Thank you kindly for the for the book choice. I I am incredibly grateful and even more. Um, embarrassed. So we'll now come to we'll now come. I don't want to say your first love, but but your your final song choice. And this is where this is where we get into it. And there's one one thing people who listen to this now will also be able to um access the um 12 song Spotify playlist that every guest so far I've managed to convince everyone to do. And again, your this playlist. Blow people's minds. This would blow people's yeah, minds. Yeah. Like what the so, hell is it doing? Your playlist is is just so far left field from everybody else, uh, which, in, in my opinion, makes it brilliant. But your your sort of um, your your final song choice, um, and you've gone you've gone with Mob Deep back at you. Um, it, we, again, we discussed it about can we find it on Spotify and blah blah blah. And we're like, don't worry, we'll find the clip. Don't worry about that. Um, Some of your fans are going to be, who the hell is Mob Deep? What is yeah. this? What kind of song is that? It's not even on Spotify. Well, and, and the important, but the important thing is, though, right? And this is part of the podcast. The important thing is, is that it hopefully people will listen and they'll go off. I mean, my, my sister was listening to one um, that Tim Vickery did, and she was from Canada. She'd never heard of the Style Council, and she got she paused the podcast and got lost down a rabbit hole of Paul Weller and the Jam and the Style Council and, and so on. So think of it as like a service. It's like a service to the general public. Let's call it that. They're about to have a history lesson, man. Come on. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, wait um, no, go ahead. Yeah, go this ahead. is the song that best represents you, right? Well, I, I don't even know, man. That was a, that was a hard <laughs> I told you about it. It was a hard question. As I'm talking to you, they're showing New York in my screen. I don't know why. But it's, it, it's, it's interesting. See, I have this connection with New York since I was a, uh, a kid. And it's, it's just New York is my home. Like, when I go there... When I get out of the airport, I start breathing. I'm going like, New York is my, like, I love that place for some reason. It must be on another life. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, you know, when I, when I started going to New York, it was just because of the love of hip-hop, love of rap. And, and you know what? This whole culture, 
it changed my life. It changed in a way of like perspective. You know, when you raise, even though my family was always a, a simple family, my father was a simple guy, but you know, once you, you, you have a nice education and something like that, you tend to, um, to grow like a part, you know, of the, the, the poorer communities and stuff like that. And, yeah, yeah. and, and there's a little, I don't know if you can call discrimination, but it's something like you, you, you get a little far because, you know, you, you, you seem it's always dangerous or something like that, or it's bad. And, and hip hop helped me in an interesting way of like just listening to the lyrics, listening to everything, even the bad things, the paranoia. You can, you can see in this song, the, the song choice. Um, Mob Deep is my favorite hip hop group by far, is the one that, I, that I'm always listening to my headphones and the trains in New York and stuff like that. When thought, and it's a deep, you know, New York hardcore kind of rap. And Prodigy, rest in peace, is the main rapper from. Um, from uh, and he died like a couple of years ago. He was one of my favorites ever. And Prodigy was a ill lyricist. He was he was crazy. But it's interesting how seeing their perspective helped me understand, in a way, Brazilians here and the slums and the and the and the and how they they start becoming what they became. You know, because they had no other choice. And people know, come on, they they didn't have a choice. They they had a choice. Sometimes no. Sometimes it's so hard. You know, to grow up in those that situation, and the funny thing is, a lot of Europeans and Americans that I know, because of their love of football, they start reading about Brazilians and how how they had no ways of becoming somebody in their lives here in Brazil. Like every great player from Brazil, pretty much started, you know, in a poor community. Yeah, yeah. I think in a way they also start to understand their own country. They start seeing things different, so that's what hip hop uh, did it for me. And it's really, it's really cool that my perspective kind of changed. You know, going those places, especially being around black people all the time, going to to, to dangerous places to go into concerts and feeling the tension and everything. <laughs> so when you when you said the song that represents you, I didn't even think about about a, a song that has a lyric uh, that has something to do about me. Because it's hard to have a song that talks about yeah, you. I mean, yeah, yeah. And to represent you, I think it's like when you listen to that song, you remember Junior because he loves this kind of uh, this kind of sound, this kind of lyric. And I could have chosen a hundred mob deep songs, I don't know, ten different songs. And but I think, you know, I grew up I grew up listening to rock in the in the mid eighties, Brazilian rock. And then yeah. by the by the, the end of the eighties, beginning of the nineties, I started listening to Nirvana to Guns N' Roses to REM, and in a strange coincidence, I went to live in Japan, American school, and started listening to rap and hip hop, and it just changed the whole thing for me. So my playlist is heavy. It's yeah. there's a lot of joints there that people have never even like. If you are a rap fan and you think you are a hip hop fan, go to that playlist and listen to that. Oh my god, I'm gonna blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do with promotion for the playlist. That works. <laughs> um, so this is here's a taster. Uh, this is back at you by Mob Deep. <laughs> 
Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, stainless steel gas. The never rust fit the bus you can touch. Blessed with the real side of life, just enough. You couldn't fight it with your strongest might. Lay down, nigga, eyes visualize bad perception. Major interference, suit your upper body section. I travel like a tutu bullet. Throughout your body, rep to the fullest. Queensbridge representing, presenting. The hollow tip crew, loose slips, sing ships, you talk shit, I follow through. Once the kite is sent, I might get bet, but still planted. No second thoughts. I think it's, but like I say, I think it's a public service that we've just done there. It's part <laughs> education, part of public service. Did you have to cut um, the, the curse, uh, the curses off, you know, like. No, 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 no we're good, don't worry, yeah. That yeah. sound, that sound just makes me go to, oh my, to another dimension, you know. My wife says that whenever I go to a concert, it's like I'm, I'm a different guy, having <laughs> a different personality. Different personality. Um, yeah, that, that sound, man, it just. But that's what music should do as well, right? And this is, like I say. To yeah. me, you know, it's a podcast initially about football, but like we were saying before, it's it's more about life. It's it's the life of of the guest. You know, the guest doesn't matter who the guest is. You know, we could have your dad on here, but it still wouldn't be just football because yeah, it doesn't define people. So many things, so many cultural elements define people, and and music is is a yeah. key one. Well, let me yeah, ask me. you a question, uh, Stu. Let me ask you a yeah. question. If you had to choose, like my your first love. I mean, I'm not talking about people, obviously. Kids yeah, yeah. What, but your first love, is it football? Is it music? What is it? Like, if you see, see it's funny because, again, when we, when we were doing the book, it was the, the two things because, because we, were, we were a single family, but my sister was older and quite a bit older by five or six years. So the football was what I played because there wasn't much football on the television. So when I was out with my friends, or by myself, it was football. Whenever I was in the house, it was my sister's music. And because she was six years older than me, you know, she was there for the punk stage. She was there for the new romantic stage. So my, my whole music education, whether it's the Style Council, whether it's Human League, it doesn't matter who it is, through those sort of, through sort of 78, through to about 85, 86, it was really defined by my sister. But but now, looking back, I would I wouldn't be without it. I would not be without. Although she didn't know at the time, she was she was giving me my music education. But it, you're it going around so much. You're going around. Yeah, when I was okay, it's, I'll, it, I'll it make it easy be, for, it has for, to for be football. Music. For me, it's music. Okay, yeah, it has football. to be football. And but only because cause I was thinking then, I was like, I'll always have music. I, I won't be too old for football at some point. But football. But when you ask my first love, it is football. Football is my first love. It was the very first thing I can remember doing. The music wow. comes later. But they're so combined. They're so sort of symbiotic. They can't separate them out in terms of my childhood. Yeah. But yeah, if I have to separate them, pick one. And then you understand, and you understand my love of basketball. It, it was it's quite associated, right? Because you don't associate yeah. rap and hip-hop to football in a exactly. way. Especially in Brazil. Brazil, it's mostly samba. And uh, yeah. in Argentina, it's tango. I don't know. In, in England, I don't know. But but here, it's pretty much samba. And um, and hip hop is mostly associated in the United States with basketball. And I always loved that. When I was when I was in uh, since I was a kid, I loved basketball. I'm a big Boston Celtics fan. Like 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 you know you you know this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I know. Yeah. I'm just insane. And I go to I go to Boston just to watch games and everything whenever I'm in New York. So you know, hip hop just just make music is is kind of my number one thing in my life like i stop every like music if i don't listen to like one two hours of music 
every day. You know, I go, I go crazy. Like it's, 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 a, it's a, such a therapy to me, you know, and all kinds, of, not only hip, I mean, mostly hip hop. I couldn't, I couldn't even do a top 12 list. I mean, I, I, I stayed a month thinking about this and I wish you should have asked, you know, do your top 30, you know, I'll be more comfortable, but 12, that was, and by the way, just to explain back at the back at you, the song that I chose is from a soundtrack called sunset park, a yeah. movie soundtrack that has hip hop and R and B. And that one, for some reason, it's not on Spotify and, and, uh, and other, um, some of the other streaming services. So that's why I didn't put in my tw- top 12 uh, countdown there, the, the list on Spotify. But it's, uh, it's, it's my favorite Mob um, Deep song, probably. I love it. I, like I say, it, it's just, it's just shook up this whole What's the Score podcast world that I've created. So. <laughs> Great. Um, okay, right. We've, we've reached the hour, so we're already quarter quarter of an hour over, that I promised. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll come to the... Um, the quick fire questions. So these will come pretty quick. Um, mm. Don't worry about overthinking them. Um, some questions we can, I won't necessarily ask, but I'll, I'll ask them quickly and you just, there's no right or wrong answer. Oh, so shit. don't worry about it. I wasn't okay? expecting this. Let's go. Let's That's okay. You ready? Okay. What do you love most about football? What do I love most? Yeah. Oh my God. That's a, <laughs> It's not a great start, is it? No, that's why I don't know. No, no, no. It's just you know, I I wish football was a little bit more like the the old time, the old days. You know, became too too fast and too mechanic for me. But I think the love is always there. I I don't, I honestly don't know, but it's it's something that's in your in our blood since we were kids. So football is just it's it's the greatest sport you know in in the world. So it's amazing. Okay, that'll do me. Yeah. Um, Okay, now this one, I'm not sure how to answer this but... one. That's okay. <laughs> when you were playing <clears throat> in England, this is, this is how I phrase it, but who were you in the playground? So when you were a kid playing football, who did you pretend to be? Oh, shit. Come on. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Take a guess. I, want to, I wanted to give you the freedom to choose because uh... I, I imagine we were the same person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, but you know, how, you know, the funny thing is a lot of my idols, you know, idols, quote-unquote yeah. idols, were other number tens, but they weren't my father because you know it, it was it was difficult to be like to always talk about my father's places, you know, because every everyone else was talking already. So, and and it was funny. There was a guy called Pita in Brazil, you know, number ten it was really good. Played in São Paulo, something. He played in France in wrestling. Jaumina uh, also, who played in La Coruña. Jaumina was a national team. Those guys, you know, my father would like call Pita once, and and he called me and said. Junior, I'm with your idol right now here, Peter. I'm like, what the? F-? I mean, it's not my idol. I mean, he is my idol, but he's not like him. Yeah. But you know, you have to ride with it. Uh, but Brilliant. It, it's it was interesting. I don't know who I was in the uh, soccer field. I was the son of Zeke, unfortunately, all the time. You know, I couldn't even pretend to be someone else, man. Uh. I get that. Um, which which team do you support? I know you're a Boston Celtics fan with basketball, but in terms of football. But you know, I was supposed to be a Flamengo fan. Yeah, uh, yeah. But you know, you know the story. I mean, when I when my father was almost retiring, and what I need this team from Campinas, who Careca played, and a lot of great players played. You know, I started be- becoming a huge fan because there's a it's a huge story around. It's a long story, but you know, once my father retired, I started cheering for Guarani all the time. So Guarani is like my, it's it's that love. 
that you found in your life. It's it's like, in comparison, Flamengo is your family, your blood family, which you, you just can't run away from it. But yeah. Guarani is that friend that you chose to be your biggest, you know, your best friend. So, you know, yeah, I support Guarani all the time. It's my number one team, but uh, Flamengo is part of my my life. Everything I have is because of my father in Flamengo. So, you know, you want to, one day, one day you're going to come to Brazil and you're going to come to our house and see his uh, trophy room, ah. which is <laughs> which is bigger than most of the English <laughs> trophy rooms. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it is. You're yeah, go I have no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, okay. What do you mean? Do, do you still play, right? I, I, I you know, this Thursday, this in two yep. days, I'm going to be playing my pickup game after like almost two years because of the pandemic. I stopped playing. I was just, you know, doing oh, exercise. Okay. But I still play. Because I, I was just about to ask you, what, what did you miss about, about playing? But I, from, from the pandemic then, what is it the social side? What is it that you've missed most about not being able to play during the pandemic? Oh, man. Just, you know, I, I was joking. Like last week, we had the pickup game, but I was hurt in my little, you know, finger in my foot. <laughs> and once I started walking around the field, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this, the grass, the, it was at night, so the lights. And just to see my friends there in uniforms, I mean, it, it's something that comes into you like, oh, my God, give me a ball. I want to play. I want to score. So, you know, that that's what I miss the most, not only playing, but being with my friends and, and you know, the whole camaraderie, like, like you know, because football, it's also a social thing. It's, it's something that it's educational. Yeah. yeah. Especially exactly, in yeah. Brazil. So you always, we always have barbecue after the game. We always, you know, they're drinking beers. I suppose in, in England is the same thing. But here, because of the weather, you know, it's so cool. It's always hot. So, you know, it's a fantastic thing, you know, to, to, to have this, uh, the pickup games and everything. It's like, it's like our biggest, you know, um, like, you can say hobby, not not even hobby. It's like a way of life. I mean, you ha- you ha- you need to have. We need to have our yeah. pickup games and our and our hanging out with our friends, and that's the best thing about life, pretty much, right? Love that. Um, okay, so now it gets a bit quicker. Who's the greatest ever player? You know, I I haven't had, I didn't have the opportunity to watch Pele, and even my father says it's Pele, but you know, besides him, it's it's my father and Maradona. It's equal Maradona. I love Maradona. He was like one of the greatest. He's the only he's the only player who I don't get mad at people if somebody said, "Oh, Maradona was better." But you know, they were my father. I think my father was even more complete. Would score with both of his, you know, his left and right foot with heading or out of the box, you know, corner kicks and free kicks and everything. My father was so complete, and you know, you know, it's my father and Maradona all the way. That'll do. Um, what's the greatest game you've ever seen? Uh, I'm not going to say Brazil and Italy. Of course not. No, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> oh, shit. The greatest game I've watched. Oh, you caught me by surprise. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, we can come back to it. Don't worry. We're, we're going to come back to this. Yeah. I yeah. So many, okay. Yeah. So, so, okay. So now this one. The greatest goal you've ever seen. The greatest goal I've ever seen, I, I I have three or four different ones. I have the Maradona one, of course, in the '86 World Cup. Yeah, I have my father's the, the the Scorpion goal, which he's, you know, he flies and he goes back with his uh yeah with his uh uh back. How do you say back heel? 
Back heel. Back heel. Yeah. Uh, the one from Van Basten in, in the finals of the Euro Cup against uh, yeah. Soviet Union. Soviet Union. That, that, game, that goal was just unbelievable. There's a goal from Leandro. I don't know if you have ever watched that goal. Okay. Flamengo Fluminense here in Brazil. My father was injured. We were in the, in the radio uh, cabin, you know, like watching the, uh, the, the game. And, and this was the last minute of the game. Leandro scores a, 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 a hard kick from outside of the box. At the last minute, hits the bar. The bar and, and the back of the goalkeeper is just an amazing goal. Um, yeah, there, there, there are some of the greatest goals. I, can't, I, I don't know if I can pick one. That's okay. Um, who, in your opinion, is the greatest ever manager? Manager? Yeah. I think I'll go with uh, Tele Santana. Great. Choice. I'll go with Tele Santana. Not only because of the World Cups, but no, no, no. I was in Japan watching both of the uh, Sao Paulo games against Milan, and then the next year against, no, the Barcelona, and then against Milan, when they won the club championship against yeah. uh, both of these teams, and the Sao Paulo team was amazing, so... Yeah, it's Tele for me. Tele Santana, yeah. Um, and the last quick fire question then. One thing you would change about the modern game? Oh, man. You know, as hard as it sounds, I think I would take off one player of each team. You know what? Okay. I yeah. would be nine against nine because the field, it became so, so small. We were talking about this the other day, me, my father, my uncle, and a lot of friends. Because right now, even the, the way that, that players play, like in the, when they're young, you know how they control the ball slowly, you know, like Leandro used to do, like Jackson, like yeah. all those great guys. They can't yeah. do it anymore. You can't, you can't watch a guy three seconds with the ball without someone <laughs> showing up. So it, it also affects the way kids and, and younger players, they, they control the ball, how they pass it, because they become a little like little robots, you know, they, it's too fast. And, and I think especially because it's played with the foot. So, yeah, it, it's different. It's different in basketball and because they, they can, you know, they can jump and they can dunk and do everything else, volleyball. But football, it affects a lot. And so I think, I think maybe in a way, if you take one player off of each team, it gives you more space and then it affects the way players play a lot for me. In my, my opinion, Love that. yeah. Okay, you've made it. Last question. Yeah. Now, this is completely random. And normally it throws people because it's not about football. But for you, I think you're going to be fine with this. Mm. So we'll let me go back real quick. I, I'm going to yeah. put the, the, the greatest game. Yeah, yeah. Let me put Baby. Um, I watched the Guarani, the team that I cheer for against Sao Paulo. Yep. It was uh, the finals in 86. That what, what was, was actually played in 97. It was Sao Paulo 3, Guarani 3. And it went to the uh, penalty kicks, and it was just an unbelievable game. It was similar to that Brentson uh, Germany game in the World Cup, like three, three. Um, yeah, the semifinal, yeah. Yeah, but this was like the semifinals of the um, of the um, of the Brazilian Championship in '86, '87. It was just an amazing game. So yeah, and that that game was Careca was playing for São Paulo. Pita, the guy that I mentioned to you, yeah. Ricardo Rocha was playing for Guarani. Eva wow. who played in Italy. João Paulo, who played in Italy. In, uh, it was a great game. It was unbelievable. Game. One of the maybe the best um, finals game in Brazil history. Well done. You see, you, man you managed all the questions. There Excellent. And the last yeah. one. Uh, okay. Okay. If you could encourage the rest of the world to pick up one cultural element. 
from your country, which for you is Brazil, what mm. would you encourage them to take up? Sorry, cultural okay. element. It could be music, dance, song, but it can be anything. If you could encourage the entire world to take up something that is Brazilian, what would you encourage them to take up? I'm not going to mention the woman because it's too, uh, too hard. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, my wife, but this is, yeah. They're, oh, the, best. they're the best. I'm sorry. But um, I think it would be, yeah, I think it would be, mu I think it would be music. You know what? Carnival, if, if anybody like uh, that's listening to you that have never been to Brazil and never experienced carnival in Brazil, like you're missing a whole other um, experience in your life. Like carnival, you know, I'm from Rio. In Rio, we have the parades, you know, the what we call samba schools. It's like teams. So it's like 6,000 in each. But in, in each part of the country, it's a different experience and a different thing. And it's like thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. It just stops the country for like five days. And it's just insane. I mean, for me, that shows that is something that is missing a lot in Brazil in the rest of the year and in life in general, which is happiness, which is like, you know, enjoying other people's company and not, not becoming, you know, interested in their political things or yeah, yeah. you know the stupid stuff that's going on the yeah. polarizing stuff that's going on in brazil right now it sucks it completely sucks it's like people don't have an opinion anymore it's like their sides they pick sides um which which is really bad and in carnival there's a an atmosphere and it's a, a part of the year that people forget about this you know they they just enjoy the moment and enjoy being with their Obviously, you know, Christmas and New Year, you, you always have the family around. It's a love moment. Yeah. But, but Carnival is just amazing for whoever didn't come to Brazil, never been to Brazil. Way more than football right now, unfortunately, you know. Probably yeah, I, a long time ago I would have said football, but right now, not right now. I would say Carnival. I, bizarrely, my mum, my who we mentioned earlier, who has no interest in football, or what was going on at the time when I was a child in football. It's the one thing she's always wanted to go to, is the Rio Carnival. Because it's funny how, uh, you know, we, 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 we get so many things of the American culture, especially. So right now we have Halloween in Brazil, which is crazy. Like, you have Black Friday. Like, you have so many <laughs> stuff that we, I've never had in my whole life. And I, I only knew because I went to America. But Carnival is something that people don't, like they don't do it in other places because it's it's hard to like to visualize in anywhere else besides you know Brazil. Brazil is not even a country; it's a continent. It, it's it's a lot of countries inside one. So um, yeah, I would say music, but especially carnival. Carnival. Love that. What a great answer. Um, I, it, it's the end of the podcast. I'm absolutely. That's the longest podcast in your in your. And no, I am. I am. It is the longest one I've done so far. I I am really sorry. I know I've taken liberties with your time. <laughs> I'm not sorry, but I am. So, I am sorry. You can't edit, right? You can't edit. But I'm though. not sorry. Don't yeah, edit because... anything. You get it. Oh, I'm not. I'm just thing. leaving it. It's just coming out as is. Don't worry about that. There is <laughs> not a chance I am cutting this out. Um. Obviously, there's your you know just before you go. Obviously, there's your show where people can catch you, social media channels where people can catch you where where's the best place for people to find find out more about you I, I know if there is hard. anybody who doesn't know about you yeah well thank you so much for mentioning i mean uh i know coimbra might be really hard to uh to, to spell for people but it's at junior coimbra which is c-o-i-m 
B-R-A. If you have a hard time spelling Coimbra, just go to, to my father there, Zico, just put his name, <laughs> you're going to find Coimbra, okay? But it's Junior Coimbra 77 and, and on Instagram, on Twitter. You know, uh, I've been pretty active in you know, the last few years uh, in both yeah, of those yeah. uh, in both of those uh, social media uh, things. So, you know, and that's that's how we connected, actually, how I that's found it, out about it. your book. Just oh, sometimes oh, social media work for good. It, there's oh, a yeah. lot of ills. There's a it lot must, of ills with social media. But there must be something good about this because it's exactly it's just exactly. <laughs> um, thank you so much. So, so much for your time. I am so grateful. Um, I, I, like I say, I've just had the best time, the absolute best time. I hope it's been right for you, but I definitely yeah, well, have had the best time. Yeah, it was just great. I have a, I have a really um, beautiful relationship with, uh, with the English people because, you know, we had to do a whole other podcast talking about, you know, how I met so many of the, uh, so many experiences with my father, you know, seeing the love and how, how idolized he is by some of the, uh, of the English, you know, peers like, you know, like Beckham. You know, I, I saw yeah. him almost crying in front of my father, you know, in, uh, in Manchester when we went there. And he talked to me as like, I want to talk to Zico. So, Come on, you take it too long. And, and so many others, you know, we had booths just for my family in England because they said it's, it's Zico's family. We had to. So I have so many experiences with, um, with, with English fans and, and other players. It's, 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 it's amazing to see how, how my father is, is loved. You know, in uh, in your country, and by your uh, by 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 players, by journalists, and a lot of stuff. So you know, it was my pleasure, man. It's my second. It's my second uh, show, English show, British show well, that I participated. So I, I like this, this, is, this is really special. This is really special. Um, it, well, uh, thank you, but certainly more special for me. I've got to say, I'm not sure what I've contributed. I do, and know I got to thank, and I got to thank you again for your kind words and everything that you uh, say in your book about my father because you know uh, to, 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 to see my father being a hero to someone so far away it's just it's amazing like I say anybody, anybody who is still prepared to listen to me I can talk all day <laughs> all day about your dad like I said my, my entire relationship with the game with football the, the past 40 however many years literally comes from 11 yeah. players one summer and one player in particular. Every, every it, time, it, every it time someone time. asks me how it is to be the son of Zeke, I always say, if I had to define it one word, it's proud. To be yeah. proud, right? And this is one of the moments when you see the things, when I read some of the things and I see how you act when you're talking about him. It's, that's, that's what makes me uh, really, really proud. You know? um, thank you Thank again. you. No, <laughs> thank you so, so much. I do need to let you go. I am really sorry. Um, all that's left for no me to I'm say. I'm waiting for you here, man. I'm waiting for you here. We're going to release this book in Portuguese. What are you waiting for? <laughs> Come on, people, listeners, talk to Stu. Hey, spend some money. Let's go. Come to Brazil. I'm going to get the whole yeah. 82 team to be there. I mean, are oh, you? Well, see, you see, people just need to fund the trip. That's why we need to do it. Fund the trip. They have a WhatsApp, um, they have a WhatsApp group, you know, the players. No. Yeah, I'm going to put you in the... No, I'm just kidding. No. Uh, <laughs> they do, yeah. Don't do that to me. Oh, I think I would, pa I would pass out. Yeah. Um, uh, all, all that's left for me to say is, is please join me again next time on the podcast. There's no way it'll be this good. Anytime. anytime. And, and that was no disrespect to the next guest, but it, it's just not going to be. <laughs> um, thank you for listening and, and goodbye. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Bye. Thank you for listening to What's the Score with the Back Pages. 
Please be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Backpages4 and on Instagram at the.backpages. But most importantly, please join us again next time on What's the Score for more football, more books, more music.